Hey Zuba friends, my name is Neil and welcome to this episode 100 of the Get Your Comic Con podcast. Coming to you live from downtown San Diego at the convention center on what is the final day of San Diego Comic Con 2023. Sad noises. That wasn't me. I am joined for the first time in ages by my very own boy Wonder Martin and cameraman and makeup artist well not makeup artist hair artist uh yeah it's martin say hello martin hello martin oh god no one's heard that in a long time welcome back good how are you all right so today is sunday but what's the date today the 23rd i've lost track of days is it the 23rd of july today yes today is sunday the 23rd of july the final full day of San Diego Comic Con. I am tired. I am losing my voice. I don't know how many interviews I've done. I don't know where I am. I don't really know what my name is anymore. But we're here and it's our 100th episode. <laughs> so uh, we have a couple of interviews which we're going to play during this and we're going to talk you through some of our experiences from this weekend. At San Diego Comic Con, uh, our so whoa, whoa, hang on, whoa. Uh, so not only is it our one hundredth episode, but it's also our tenth anniversary of Get Your Comic Con as well. So you know, celebrations all round. So, gonna share some memories and uh, lament the fact that this wonderful convention is coming to an end. You're gonna hear interviews with. Uh, some of the crew from Justice League War World. So there's director Jeff Wamister, writers Ernie Altbacker and Jeremy Adams, plus producers Butch Lugich and the legendary Jim Krieg, who has been a producer on DC Animation for, I'm going to say decades now. And we're also going to hear from the creative team behind DC's Titans. It was one of the last interviews that I did up in the DC booth. So we've got writer Tom Taylor and artist Nicholas Scott. You will know Tom, obviously, as the mastermind behind uh, Dark Knights of Steel, Deceased, Nightwing, for which he just won an absolute ton of Eisner Awards the night before we recorded the interview. And uh, Nicola is the legendary artist who has drawn some wonderful anniversary images for Dick Grayson, for Batman, for, for Wonder Woman. You all know her art very, very well, and it was wonderful to talk to her. But first, Boy Wonder, as you have returned to this podcast after a year of, po of, of podcasting? No, after a year of PhDing. What has been your highlight of San Diego Comic-Con 2023? Have you enjoyed fluffing my hair for every interview? Uh, putting little marks on the ground to tell me where to stand? Have you, have you had a good time? Well, it's just like another day really, isn't it? It's, How? Just, it's just life. What, organising me? Yeah. Thanks. Uh, so what's been your highlight? What's been your highlight of convention floor? Start there. Oh, uh, oh, I don't know. DC booth is always a highlight. Got all the merch you wanted. Got all the merch we wanted. Spent a lot of time in the box. Yeah. If you, uh, so by the box, uh, he means the ginormous um, DC multiverse McFarlane toys kind of life-size box that you can stand in where uh, if you've been watching our coverage that we're also doing a takeover of at DC UK official you will have seen me standing in the box don't worry there'll be plenty of pictures on social media uh, okay so DC booth has been your favorite one on the floor what has been your favorite panel that you've seen this weekend 
or must be startling. I thought you would say that, so we are going to talk about that in a little bit more detail in just a minute. Uh, got into Hall H for the first time ever. How has that been? It was an experience. What did you think of Hall H now that you've finally been in it after 10 years? I thought it would be bigger. Really? Yeah. It's huge. It's like an arena. It's the awkward shape. Though. It is weirdly. It's like a pyramid. On its side. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm, this is a bit of an awkward shape. Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. And uh, what has been your favourite interview that you have filmed now that you're a cameraman? Oh, probably Tom Taylor. Well done on saying Taylor, not King. At one point this weekend, we were due to be in uh, interviewing Tom King as well as Tom Taylor, not together. Uh, so there was a there was a period of time where I was very worried about getting the wrong Tom, but actually we didn't end up getting to chat to Tom King. Plans moved around, so we only spoke to Taylor. And you will notice from that video, which you can watch over on YouTube, that I didn't do a I'm here with just in case I said the wrong name. I thought rather than put myself in danger I would just avoid it altogether. Why that one? Because he's the writer on Nightwing? Yeah and he's a good guy. He's funny as eyes knows. He's sweet. Hmm. He was lovely and Nicola was lovely as well. A pair of Aussies. First of all, congratulations. Thank you. What's that, right? I know. Yeah. So we were, uh, we were in the, uh, the screening panel for Justice League Orwell, and I was watching the, the results coming out on my phone. Yeah, okay. Oh, the cover was one. And then yeah. I saw after the film, I was like, yes! Oh my god! Evil Fun! Yes. Congratulations. Thanks. How did it feel? Oh, it was ridiculous. It was just, it was so unexpected because I, I don't know if you heard the story, but uh, Tom King, when I sat down at the Eisners, he'd found out, like, with a certainty that Chip Zdarsky had won this Eisner. Somehow he had inside information. Uh, so he told me, he's like, hey man, I just, so you're not disappointed for later, I just want to let you know that, you know, Chip wins. Sorry. I'm like, oh, cool, yeah. And then it turns out that, like, there was a cross wire and Chip had won Best New Series for. Um, Public for Public Domain, which is a fantastic book, but such a great book. Chip sent that to me ages ago, I'm like, oh, you bastard. Such a great book. Um, yeah, so I just didn't know I was so I ended up grabbing Tom. As I, I took him up for my acceptance speech and just abused him um, as, the, as the beginning of that, script, of that speech, because I had no idea what I was going to say, because I hadn't planned anything, because I knew I'd lost. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was... Yeah, everything, everything was very spontaneous up on that stage because <laughs> I was genuinely stunned. And, and Jess Chan is leaving comics, unfortunately, um, because somebody's paying her much, much more. Uh -huh. um, and, um, and we will miss her so much. But just having her be up on stage and collect award after award and really acknowledge everything she's done. And I was so um, sad that Bruno, my brother in comics, couldn't be there to get that adulation and get everything that he deserves. <laughs> and it's been, it's, it's, the last couple of years, for, for Nightwing in general, has just been insane. Yeah. Like, as, I mean, both of us are die-hard Nightwing fans, as Good. it is. As it should but be. But I feel like in the time you've been shepherding this character, he's just become the centre of the DCU. Yeah. As, as, as he should be. As, as he should be. Yeah. Agreed? Yeah. <laughs> uh, how, how does that feel to have been and seeing how much fun love what you've done with it, just issue after issue. Uh, I, mean, I don't know, because sometimes, really sometimes I check in on Twitter and <laughs> apparently it's the worst comic oh, in the world. Ignore yeah. Them. yeah. Ignore um, them. What did they know? <laughs> we uh, do. Yeah. <laughs> as you should. As you should. Uh, look, it, it was, it's, it's great because it was also our mission statement from the beginning. Like, yeah. 
when I pitched this book to begin with, I said, you know, Nightwing is an A-lister. We need to remind people of that. We want to, what Bruno and I want to do is put him back on the pedestal he deserves to be. We want to make him the center of the DC universe. We want people to understand why he's so important and, and have his part and his good nature and the, the idea that he just wants to help spread across the DC universe, and it really has. Leading up to, you know, yeah. Titans and yeah. leading a whole new, you know, the new premier superhero team exactly. of the DC Universe. Yeah. 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 Brings me on perfectly to it. I mean, you Thanks, I was trying to create a link for you. Yeah. Yeah. Seamless, right? Exactly. So long as we don't oddly stop and acknowledge it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, yeah, I mean, you have this amazing moment in Yep. The Titans are now there. They are the central team. What does that mean for them as characters? I just think, I mean, I mean, Nicolette does this better. Ask Nicolette, what does oh, this great. mean? What does this mean for the Titans? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Say the question again. Uh, so, I mean, everyone loves the Titans. Let's, yeah. let's be completely honest. They are amazing. We've all grown up with them in some respect, be it cartoons, be it the Titans TV show. Now, here they are in comics, this central team. Yeah. How, what does that well, I think you just said it in the question. The fact that we have all, regardless of how old you are, at some point we've grown up with them because they've been around for so long and they have just sort of had that age sort of growth that we all sort of feel nostalgic about at some point in time. Whether it be from the 80s comics, from the 60s comics, from like the TV show or the cartoons, we've all had an influence from them in our lives and so to sort of find ourselves being able to play with them as adults taking the responsibility that they've been sort of working towards their whole life their whole lives have been training to take over and here they are sort of getting that responsibility and taking it in their stride it's not that much of a shock to them because they're ready they're ready ready and willing to go and their dynamic is so balanced because they grew up together yes. that there isn't the sort of unnecessary need for conflict. Yes. They're not sort of like different people coming together to form a super team. Yes. They're a super team yes. and the nature of their upbringing has made them a family. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't want to diss the Justice League while we're in the DC too, <laughs> but I do feel like when you have the Titans, they are a family. Yeah. And as you just said, they, they've grown up together. And they, they, you've said it perfectly, you know, they're not a, a group of superpowered people who've just been thrown together because the, the world needs them. And I think that really shines in, I, I mean, I've never really two issues in, but that really shines through in the story that we've got. Um, but I wanted to ask you about kind of drawing that, where you're not just doing the big super team, you are, you have this family and this connection between them. Does that, how is that drawing that and bringing that to life? Because it just, it feels right. to be more, well, a little bit of that was sort of like my style choice art-wise of how to approach the book. I said to Brittany, our editor, right at the beginning, do you want this to sort of uh, artistically have uh, like an Earth 2 flavour or like a Wonder Woman flavour in terms of my art? Yeah. Because I will try to adapt the finishing of my art to the book. You know, like, my characters always look like my characters. My storytelling is always my storytelling. But how I'll sort of finish my line work 
really depends on the content of the book. Yes. And she immediately said, like Wonder Woman, like make it bright and shiny and glossy. Yes. Yes. And I was like, right, because this is the Titans, we're not going to be doing unnecessary conflict. We don't want it to feel sort of heavy and edgy and yeah. full of dark shadows. I'm going to keep it light and bright. I was saying to Annette, we're going full superhero, bright and glossy, uh, shiny, happy people. And she was like, great. So she got the note, I got the note. And from there, it's just sort of like, we're creating a warm environment for these people. You know, Bruno did this beautiful design of Titan's Tower. Um, and I'm now getting to go inside the building. <laughs> and like, okay, what are these spaces gonna look like? I want their sort of shared space yeah. to feel like a home because they're all going to be living there together. They're all adults, you know. It's not a frat house anymore. They're, they're grown-ups, and I want their home to feel like an adult space for them to share uh, with some comfort, uh, as well as having their own spaces. As well as having a couch and a TV. And oh, just, absolutely. you know, acknowledging, like, the Titans yeah, TV, like, definitely cartoon, in front of the we TV, have right? to have them sitting on the couch and watching TV. It's important. And it's just obviously they're a little bit older now as well. They're kind of they're growing up a bit. And well, yeah, you're, you're defining this era of them as, as young adults now. Yep. Well, 100%. Because not only are they sort of in their late 20s, these are guys that have been having to do adult stuff yeah, yeah. since they're tweens. So this is a pretty sophisticated group of 20-somethings. This isn't, you know, a friends group who are, you know, still trying to find themselves. These guys have worked it out. They're they're way more advanced in terms of their maturity yeah. than the average 27-year-old because they've had to go through it. You know, when you look back at their lives, they're 80, you know, yeah. for some of them plus lives. Uh, they've, they've gone through it. And for them to sort of find themselves back together again at this point in time, is a comfort, you know? This yeah. is their safe space, this is their family, uh, this is how they're going to be at their most comfortable living with each other. I'm gonna do that thing, I'm gonna do the pick your favorite child moment. Oh jeez. Do you have a favorite to draw for? No, because I love them all. <laughs> right answer. Absolutely the right answer. <laughs> it's the dynamic between them yes. that I love. It's beautiful. You know, drawing a, a single character is you know, always uh, lighter on the workload, <laughs> but drawing the space in between the characters uh, is actually what I get the most out of when I'm working on a book, yeah. which is why I sort of, you know, I quite enjoy working on team books, because you get the variety of these sort of personalities and body types and body language and costumes, um, but it's, it's the dynamic between them yeah. that I find the most enjoyable thing to enjoy and sort of uh, portray for the reader. And we're kind of, we're obviously a bit break at the moment whilst everyone is asleep. You know, having yeah, some, sure. sweet, yeah. some really sweet Everyone's having a nap. Sure. For two months. Just, you know, just resting up. Yep. Um, issue one alone, uh, near nuclear disaster. Yep. Hydrogen. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have? A murder mystery. Murder mystery. Yeah, some, some government. Yeah. Uh, Peacemakery stuff going yeah. on. What, 
birth is going to happen when we come back. When everyone wakes up refreshed, <laughs> yeah. where are we going? Uh, we are going straight to the Church of Eternity. Ooh. Because just because they've said they have had a rebrand doesn't mean that the Titans who've dealt with them for a very long time will trust that. And obviously, everything we're sort of building here then leads us into the massive November event for DC Comics, which is the first Titans-led event in a very, very long time, uh, called Beast World. So that's where we're going. And everything that we're, Nicola and I are putting into this book is uh, pieces of that are all heading there. Amazing. Yes. Well, so you, many plots. So, so many plots. So let's talk a bit more about Star Trek then. Uh, why your favourite panel? Just because of all the, the Star Trekiness of it all. We've got some lower decks, we've got Strange New Worlds, we had a little disco. We do have a little disco. So we got to see the first scene, or kind of the opening few minutes, of the final season premiere for Star Trek Discovery. It still doesn't have an air date, but it should be coming to Paramount Plus globally in early 2024 and it was a very exciting kind of away mission adventure in a J.J. Abrams Kelvin style sort of high stakes action moment for Burnham. Um, did you feel there were any raised eyebrows in the room of people going, oh, Burnham? Well, I mean, there's always a neck beard, but uh, what, so did you enjoy that scene? Are you excited for the final season? I did. It was very high-end. It was very cinematic. Lots of lens flares. Mm. JJ Abrams, that's why I said it was Kelvin-style. It looks like it's going to be... If, if this is anything to go by, because this is... You know, we've had one brief trailer and then this sequence, uh, it's certainly going to be a very, very big adventure for them to send them off with. Okay, so you had a bit of disco. You had trailer for season four of Lower Decks, which we all know is one of your favourite Star Treks. Does it look good? It looks very good. Lots of volume there. Returning on September the 4th. Now, don't forget if you are in the UK that Star Trek Lower Decks is now a simultaneous exclusive, that's not really a phrase, between um, Prime and Paramount Plus. So you will have new episodes airing the same day as they do in the States, and it will be on both Prime and Paramount Plus in the UK, the rest of the world will, you need to check local listings but obviously in most countries it will just be on Paramount Plus uh, yeah, lots of Voy they're on the bridge of the Voy in fact they're on the bridge of the Voy. does that not mean that they're going to the Fleet Museum? well there was mannequins that were in the background yeah so imagine what else they could do if they're there because we know what else is at the Fleet Museum from having seen it in Picard could there be a Geordie a cameo could be some B yeah, there could be some E Anything else from the trailer which excited you for the return? Just talking about it. You do love a bit of boiling. You, you did try and find yourself a uniform this weekend, but you didn't do lower decks, that is. Well, we did, but I wasn't paying $300 for it. So. Uh, okay, and then the... Uh, so no real kind of major announcements other than the musical episode of Strange New Worlds being confirmed, but that's the worst-kept secret in Star Trek. And by the time you hear this podcast, the episode will be out and the season will be over anyway. Uh... So, quickly, what did you think of the announcement of there being a Star Trek musical? I don't know. I mean, it could go either way. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how they do it. And then the big thing, the big moment of the panel that everyone was there for and everyone was excited and waiting to see was the world premiere of the crossover, now we know entitled Those Old Scientists, of Star Trek Strange New World and Star Trek Lower Decks. 
with the announcement that it would uh, actually be streaming early on Paramount Plus. So we had a new episode on Thursday. So at the beginning of the con, there was a new episode, and we weren't due to see the musical, not the musical. We weren't due to see the crossover until next Thursday, which is what twenty seventh. But they've announced that they're dropping it early. So uh, basically, as soon as the panel finished yesterday for us in Hall H, the episode was available to stream online. What did you think of the crossover? It was alright. Really? No. You only thought it was alright. Did you love every second of it? Yes. I saw you laughing your little socks off there. I laughed, I cried. Did you? No. There's something you say. <laughs> so you really enjoyed it. It lived up to it. It managed to get over the fact that it was crossing over a live action show with animation. Yeah. I was worried how they were going to do it. Is it going to be like a Roger Rabbit type thing? <laughs> but I don't think that would have worked at all. They did it very well. Hmm. They definitely did. What was your favourite moment? Uh, my, my, my guess for your favourite moment is Riker. Uh, no. Oh, what's your, oh, was it the scream? I liked the scream, but I liked how many of these bottom the run as well. Because <laughs> that's how you run. That's how I run. Yes, it is. It's not possible, I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is possible because he did it. Jack Quaid did it on set. Um, have to ask what his, what his method is. <laughs> of course... The sad part, to a certain degree, is that there are no actors who are here this weekend because they are quite rightly out on the picket lines alongside the writers striking for a fairer deal and for fairer pay, which I completely stand with. And it's been interesting to have, have seen some of that whilst we were in LA before we came down here to San Diego. How, how well, I suppose we've been to a few panels that this can kind of impact on, but particularly maybe Star Trek being the biggest one, um, Star Trek and Ninja Turtles. How, how have you felt the lack of writers and actors at this convention? Um, you know, it's a funny one because it is a it's put the comic back in Comic Con. So, so as Jim Lee told us, it's put the comic back in Comic Con. It's been very nice. So. That's a number. I think the Star Trek panel would have been up. I mean, it was obviously incredibly exciting for what we got to see, but I guess it would have been even more kind of mind-bogglingly awesome if you know each of those casts have been wheeled out to do all those things first like to have seen maybe Sinequa Martin Green talk us through the scene before showing it to have had the Lower Decks cast there to have introduced the trailer and then to have sat down maybe and had some of the Strange New Worlds cast and the Lower Decks cast talking about the crossover would have been nice would have been awesome to have watched but firstly I agree with the reasons why they're not there but it I know there are people who said it ruined their experience of the, you know, this whole thing so far. Well, I say so far. There's all of an hour left until the doors close. Uh, you know, there are people who have really missed them, and then there are others who I, I think have not missed it so much. I think I've been too busy and too anxious of everything else that I've done this weekend to have even thought about it. But I do think you're right. I think it's really nice to have had a Comic-Con that was really heavily focused on comics. What are your highlights then? Give us your, your floor, your panel, and your interview highlights. Uh, floor highlight? I enjoyed whooping your ass at DC Jewel Force today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I did mention this briefly in uh, one of the other episodes that I've recorded while we've been here this weekend, but DC Jewel Force is uh, a new game which is currently in beta testing on PC only, which is basically Cryptozoic's DC deck builder game, but online. 
and you can play solo through kind of a campaign or you can play against other characters so we both played through the, the three or four missions that they had set up on the laptops in the dual force stand and then they asked if we wanted to do a versus match and I whooped you but to be fair you had the man giving you heavy heavy directions that was slightly frustrating me because I knew you were going to say that but I was doing quite well by myself well, you know I did quite well at Mario Kart so. ooh you had to take it to a Mario Kart place so we, we, went, we went to Universal Studios before we came to San Diego and yes we queued for three hours to get on the Mario Kart ride and Martin won for our entire car not just beating me you beat everyone in the car very frustrating at the game not physically yes uh, so yeah I think DC Dual Force was really really good fun there's been a lot of big highlights on the shop floor the show floor should I say uh, the Star Trek um, Strange New Worlds stand which I didn't get to do the photo op but seeing the costumes was really cool seeing uh, Sherlo Maraduena's costume and Jason Momoa's costumes at the DC booth very cool I think the show floor has been really exciting this year which is which is amazing but I think yeah it has it has to go to has to go to DC to um, my panel highlight that's a tough one um, Ninja Turtles was fun really cool to see 20 minutes from Mutant Mayhem and to have had the invite from Paramount to sit in the studio seats was really nice was really fun and you know meant that we got to skip the queue to get to Hall H for the first time but I thought that was a really cool panel it was amazing to see Kevin Eastman as one of the creators of the Ninja Turtles I'm trying to think which of the DC panels has been my favourite because again we've spent so much time doing interviews with DC because we were also doing the DC takeover that they're most of the panels that we've been to this weekend um, I thought the Gotham panel was really cool I'm really looking forward to Raphael Grampa's uh, Batman uh, Gargoyle of Gotham again you can go back to a previous episode that I've recorded this weekend whilst we've been here and you can listen to my interview with Raphael or you can check it out over on YouTube but playing that trailer was really cool watching that for the first time on the big screen it's it's been fun it's difficult to pick it's all sort of blowing into one slightly um, and I'm sad that it's over and my interview highlight do you know what my interview highlight I thought my interview highlight would be Tom Taylor because I was really excited to talk to him I was quite nervous to talk to him I was really excited to talk to Nicola Scott because I love her artwork but I'm actually going to say Nicole Maines because I was really nervous to talk to her just because like with Tom Taylor I met him briefly at Forbidden Planet in London when he came and did a DC signing um, but there's kind of an ease when you're talking to writers and artists because I guess they're not people that you necessarily see their face every day like I might see him in my Twitter timeline scroll by but I just think he's an awesome writer I don't think of him as big famous celebrity whereas Nicole Maines I've seen every episode of Supergirl and obviously she's in it and it's quite a force of nature so I was quite anxious and she was so sweet and so lovely and very chatty she was very chatty and not just with me because I was the interviewer she was chatty with everyone that was up in the DC booth up in that little lounge as we were there she would talk to you while I was talking to one of the PR guys while he was making sure I wasn't going to ask about the strike which I was already saying to her I was not going to do um but she chatted with you and I again you can listen to my interview with her in one of the previous episodes and you can check it out over on YouTube but there was a whole bunch of stuff that we didn't shoot from when I was talking to her before and uh, after and after for ages she was just lovely she was really really sweet and that's a 
that is a memory that I'm going to take away from this Comic-Con as being very, very cool and one of my bucket list ticks, I think. I would love to have spoken to Tom King. I think that would have been funny. Um, and I would like to have spoken to Joshua Williamson a bit more. But in terms of enjoyment of an interview and ease of an interview, I think Nicole just ekes out Tom and Nicola, who, again, were both lovely. And all of our interviews you can check out over on YouTube or you can listen to in uh, other episodes of this podcast, apart from what is coming up right now. Uh, so these are going to be released for the first time in this episode, and then I will put the videos on YouTube shortly afterwards. But you are about to hear some very brief interviews with the producers, the writers, or two of the three writers, and the director of the latest just, uh, Warner Brothers and DC Animation Warner Brothers Animation and DC Comics animated movies when I can get my words out can you tell it's been a long weekend and that is Justice League War World so the film releases next week as I'm recording this it will be out now by the time you're listening to it you'll be able to get it on DVD Blu-ray and 4K and you can also pick it up on digital platforms and this is Justice League War World so this is bringing together all the casts of the so-called Tomorrowverse so you have got Jensen Ackles Batman You've got Stan Akatic as Wonder Woman. You've got... I'm going to forget his name. Darren Chris. Darren Chris. I wanted to call him Chris something. Uh, so Darren Chris as Superman. It's bringing together that cast for the first time for a slightly bigger ensemble piece. It, we saw it last night. The world premiere was here after the press room. What did you think of the film? It, it was alright. Yeah. I think... There's an easy way to fall into a trap with this film, which is to question the whole purpose of why it kind of exists, in that there is a lot going on which you're left in the dark as to what it is until it kind of comes together in the last 20 minutes or so. And there's two ways to look at that. You either really roll with it and enjoy the intrigue of the three different chapters of stories before the kind of team up, or you kind of think, I'm not really sure why we're doing this. And I don't feel like maybe it quite drove home the point of what it was trying to do enough. Yeah, it was too long, and I just felt like I didn't see the point in it. Yeah, that's. I think it's going to divide opinion in that respect. But either way, the animation is very, very cool. I think the Wonder Woman section is possibly my favourite in this because I just think she looks cool as a cowboy. Would you have a favourite of the three? Uh, do I have a favourite of the three? So no. you've got Cowboy Wonder Woman, you've got Conan the Barbarian Batman, and you've got Noir Superman. I didn't have a favourite of the three. Okay. Fair enough. I'm going to move right on from that then. Uh, it's good to have you back. Good to have you back on the podcast. <laughs> so I'm just going to wheel right into it. So have a listen to our interviews with director Jeff Warmaster, writers Ernie Altbacker, and the lovely Jeremy Adams, who was a hilarious person to bump into all over the con all weekend. Um, I think that's my highlight of actually going to an American convention is circling Jeremy and just randomly catching up with them um, and uh, producers Butch Leakich and Jim Krieg uh, it's great to speak to Jim for the first time because he's someone who if you're familiar with this podcast has been mentioned in basically every other interview we've ever done for a Warner Brothers animated movie everyone talks about Jim and I've never had the chance to talk to him so it was lovely to get 90 seconds of his time as, uh, as we were, they were all being pushed along the line but have a listen to those interviews right now Hi, Butch, great to meet you. You too. So, Justice League War World. Yeah. Why was now the right time to bring these characters together for a movie? 
Well, I mean, we've been building it up for the last uh, five, six movies, and we're at this stage now where things are going to come to a head from the start of this movie into the next few movies, and, uh, you know, basically we need to get the Justice League involved. And so we're at San Diego Comic-Con. This has become somewhat of a spiritual home for DC Animation. Ballroom 20 has had so many premieres across this whole line. Yeah, 30 years. (laughs) Wow. How, I mean, how exciting is it when you get to premiere these movies in front of the fans and get that instant kind of reaction from them? I love it. I mean, I've been doing this uh, with the fans in San Diego for the last 10 years at least. So, you know, it's the first 20 years. No, Bruce Tim wouldn't let me on stage. <laughs> now I don't work for Bruce Tim. So there you go. <laughs> I can't wait to see it later on today. Thanks very much. Right, thank you. Thanks. Okay, Ernie, great to meet you. Good to meet you. So, Justice League War World, what can you tease about where we're finding these characters, the journey that they're going on as they come together as the Justice League? Yes, well, I mean, they do not know who they are in this. So, we wanted to do kind of a, a different War World story. Usually with War World, it's, it centers on gladiatorial combat. So, we decided to do it more as this simulation where they don't really know who they are and by their efforts, i.e. their their fighting, that's what's being sucked away and they're powering war worlds. It's not only them, but it's like thousands of heroes, right, are are giving the power, which I think is like kind of a a cool concept. So then we had to say, okay, they've got amnesia, let's put them in totally different worlds. And so uh, Superman is in this 1950s paranoid film noir type thing as as a lawman and Batman is in your warrior world as as a Conan-esque character and the one that I did was Wonder Woman and and I kind of pitched her as a Clint Eastwood so she's the woman with no name but in in this case it's not because well she doesn't talk a lot (laughs) she she doesn't talk a lot also but she really doesn't know her name until she starts doing this effort and and she her innately she is heroic yeah so, uh, I mean, basically, that's how she discovers something's wrong and i got to find out what it is, you know? And so she drives the story forward. Okay. And so we're here at San Diego Comic-Con, which has been home to so many premieres for DC animated movies. Yes, true. Do you, do you get nervous? Are you excited to show it off to fans for the first time? How are you feeling ahead of the premiere tonight? I am very excited because this is one of those that I haven't seen. Wow. Yeah. The last time I saw it was like a year and a half ago at wow. Animatic. Wow. So I, I heard the vocal performances. Stan Akatik is amazing oh, as Wonder Woman, and Jensen Ackles is amazing as Batman. Yeah. Uh, Darren Chris is Superman. Yeah. And really, all the, the characters and the, and the uh, supporting characters that this really cast well. Yeah, you know, um, and uh, I, I'm I can't wait to see it actually. So. Me too. Well, so. best of luck for it. Thanks very much for taking the time to chat. Thank you very much. Thank you. Great to meet you. Jim, great to meet you. Neil. Good to see you, Neil. Okay, so Justice League War World. We're bringing these loosely connected group of associated, sorry, to quote the synopsis, uh, characters together for the first time. Well, let's see. Why I is mean, now the right time? Uh, I think that in our in the Tomorrowverse... I love that title. Thank you. I, we didn't, I mean, that I was the internet did it. Because <laughs> I thought, well, it doesn't matter what I got. But, um... Uh, 
Yes, so uh, there's been a Justice League, but this is an opportunity to bring those three like core members of, when people think of DC, it's yes. really Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman are the, the key ones, and so this was a good opportunity to use those characters in, in, an, in both their individual adventures, they each yeah. get an adventure, yep. and then at the end of the movie they, they fight together. Spoiler alert! They fight together. They get together. It's like a <laughs> no, team. <up. laughs> no, we never saw that coming. <laughs> and you've got three amazing screenwriters on this who've all had a hand in the Tomorrowverse yes. up to this point. Yes. And for me, it was like this is a little bit of a victory lap. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I've had such a great experience with uh, with Josie Campbell and uh, Ernie Alpacker and Jeremy Adams. Uh, that I, you know, my the other writers who were on other shows yeah. I've done have been great too. But this was just like. Well, let's just hit the ground running and, and do this, and and it was really fun. It's been, it's. I hope it's as fun to watch as it was to me. I'm excited to see it tonight. Are you looking forward to the premiere? Are you nervous? It to depends. Show it off? It'll depends on what they tweet tomorrow. Then, <laughs> I, then I will let you know. <laughs> well, best of luck. Thank you very much. Thank you. Great to meet you. Hi. Thank you so much. Jeff, great hey. to meet you. Hey, Neil. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. So. We have three screenwriters, three characters, three very different stories. Mm -hmm. What can you tease about the, the kind of stylistic approach that you've taken to Justice League War World? So we had to mix three different tones into one movie. So we have a good, the bad, and the ugly. We have um, a Conan kind of thing, and we have a Twilight Zone slash uh, 50s noir. So um, I'm sorry, what was your question again? I lost my uh, tag. So just kind of stylistic approach to it. How okay. So stylistic approach um, <laughs> I think we, we when we walked into this and as Butch had put it is like we're trying to take three different movies and put them into one um, yeah. movies that we've never done before at DC or really gotten a chance to sink our teeth into yeah. and so when we walked into that we talked about it and we're like okay what is inspires this what is inspired this and what what inspires this and usually when we walk into movies like this we're like what's our inspiration is it a couple of movies is it kind of like this is it kind of like that and then we just pull from them as we go on this was a challenging and that we got to do three different movies yeah it also made for a lot less sleep <laughs> <laughs> and obviously we are at comic-con and you are premiering the film tonight in ballroom 20 are you excited are you nervous to show it off to fans for the first time uh, i'm excited because i get a lot of energy from being able to watch people react because we're sitting here we kind of sit in an office some random yeah. place yeah you don't have an audience sitting behind you while you're sitting there at a cintiq there's no one yeah and then you just see movies come out and you kind of hear a couple of things online and then it goes by but it's one of those things where you, one of those rare chances we get to sit down and actually feel the audience yeah uh it's i find it very exciting and invigorating and keeps me going for at least a year so Amazing. it's good yeah i can't wait to see it so best of luck with Great. it thanks Thank very you much so much i thanks. appreciate that thanks we're also doing some promo for warner brothers uk back okay. home in london would you just do a quick shout out just hi i'm jeff director of justice league war world oh so you want to just tell me tell just who i am Je yeah just okay just a shout out grab the movie when it comes out next week kind of thing okay. Uh, Thank you. Jeff Monster. I'm the director of Warworld. Comes out on July 25th. Go get it. Thanks. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks. Great to meet you. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Hi. It's been so long. <laughs> Great to meet you. Okay. So. Speed round. Yeah, it is. Just do it yeah, yeah. together. Just do it together. We're You're good. putting Jensen Ackles through the ringer on this one with a Conan the Barbarian Batman. He deserves it. <laughs> Tell us about it. Um, you know, so the section that I did or the overarching everything? Oh, give me your section. Give me the goss. The, the goss. Um, you listen, I am a huge nerd that just loves fantasy in, like, an extreme form. I probably read all the extended Dungeons & Dragons books, you know. And, and so the fact that they're letting me 
not just do something that is very fantasy based, but that Batman gets to be in it. Yeah. It's like, well, that's pretty amazing, you know? And it's great because we all met together and it was kind of the first time we met uh, during COVID, really. And we wow. all just got together and, and we're like very far apart. Like, yeah. well, what about this? Oh, yes, what about that? <laughs> so it was great. And I love everybody I work with. So it's great from Butch to it's just. It's just phenomenal. Yeah. Great. Well, I am excited to see it tonight. I've not seen it yet. We will okay. be there for the premiere. All right. Can't wait. All right. Thanks great. very much. Yeah. <laughs> Great to see you, brother. You too. Bye. Bye. And a big thank you to Warner Brothers for uh, agreeing to allow us. Sounds strange. Uh, into the press room. It was very, very hectic. And that's why the interviews were quite short. It was much more highly pressured than I think it was for us when we did... Um, the, the one at New York Comic Con uh, not Man of Tomorrow Super Sons Super Sons thank you Superman Batman Batman Superman Super Sons uh, that was a much less highly pressured room I felt like I felt like I was a bit more prepared uh, sort of, I was owning the space this time you were definitely owning the space this time He so I had a little piece of tape on the floor in front of me that I was told off if my foot went anywhere further over it I feel like a, this weekend I've heard a lot of get away from the camera Stop leaning forwards! I don't know what it is, you've just got this obsession to lean into the camera, it's not 3D. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, <laughs> just to reiterate, Justice League War World, by the time you're listening to this, will be available on DVD and Blu-ray and also on digital platforms. And we got a special announcement at the end of the screening as to what's coming next. So normally they would announce four films for the following year. They have only announced two. I don't know if that means that there are only two films releasing in 2024, or if this was just a beginning announcement. Both of these films could easily be two parts each, so maybe these are the four films and we just don't know it yet. But we had confirmation of, firstly, Crisis. Ah, I thought you were going to say Watchmen and I get to say Crisis. Mm. So there is a uh, new animated adaption of Watchmen and also an adaption of Justice League Crisis on Infinite Earths. We know nothing, nothing about release dates, nothing about casts, although I would presume, given the end of War World, that we'll see... Um, Darren, Jensen and Stanner come back as this trinity I would have thought um, no word on who is writing, appearing in Watchmen, but that should be interesting to see how that turns out maybe they'll cross over you never know, coming in 2024, maybe it'll move into a doomsday clock animated movie who knows I guess we should probably lament the fact that this is our 100th episode and also our 10 year anniversary. I would like to mark our 10 year anniversary by having a holiday where I can delete social media, turn off my phone, and actually relax. Only you have the power to do that. I know, only I have the power to do that. And I should say a massive thank you to James who has kept the website running whilst we have been away here doing an amazing job. And also to Michael that has been running Instagram for us, which has really helped actually. Uh, I would like to employ a full-time person to run social media because that would make my life so much easier. But what has been your highlight of 100 episodes? Although I don't know how many you've been on. Alright. Sassy. Uh, oh, I don't know what my highlight's been. Started out talking about Titans, grew into making you talk about everything else, forcing you to sit down and talk about things hearing me go on hour after hour while she goes right what's been a highlight oh, everything you've just said you've made it sound like such a wonderful journey <laughs> um, I, I 
I think for me it has to be um, all of the wonderful people that I've gotten to interview. So I know we just joked about it, but it has genuinely been wonderful to speak to Jeremy Adams so many times. And I would just like to bring him on once every few months just for the sake of both annoying him and getting to talk to him because he's such a lovely guy. And also I think it's been really nice to get to know some of the PR kind of folk who offer us these wonderful opportunities. So like Gary, for instance, the wonderful Gary, uh, formerly of Warner Brothers Animation, who has been the moderator on so many of my interviews. It's been a great pleasure to be able to get to know him a bit through loads of phone calls over the last few years. And then now to be able to go to a convention like this and be in this convention center and bump into these people and actually have them not just know who I am, but want to talk to me is really, really nice, actually. And for the sake of, you know, everything else that comes with doing this, like ignore the followers, ignore the freebies and stuff. Just being able to chat to people whose work that I really admire is amazing. Yeah, it's very nice. It's a different, it's a very different oh, world Don't get emotional. I'm not emotional, just you It's a different world for me, so it's nice to have a different perspective on the world. Yes. And that one time I got to interview Matt Ryan. <laughs> oh yeah, surely that's your highlight, talking to Matt Ryan. It's very bizarre. Never did what find out about that fight in the street that was nice and sometimes. No. Interesting. Interesting. It's been it's been quite a wild ride across one hundred episodes. We will who knows what will happen in the next one hundred. You might not be around for very many of them thanks for that PhD. Wider thinking. Um, I know you don't do anything for the website. You support financially <laughs> and morally. But what do you have a highlight of this ten year journey that I forced you on? Just everything I've already said. You enjoy good screening? I don't mind them, every now and then. To be honest, I don't know what I would even say that my highlight is. It's I can't believe it's been ten years. Ten years since sitting in a bumper car on the South Bank uh, with my very good friend Darren, who, as she will often remind me, is the one that came up with the name. And this is where we are now. I genuinely don't know what my highlight would be of the ten years. I mean, I've met Batmans. I've spoken to Batmans. I've had quotes on a movie with Michael Keaton in it. That's got to be a major highlight. But I've also spoken to casts from Star Trek. And that's insane. I spoke to Seven of Nine this year. You were in a room with Captain Pike. I was in a room with Captain Pike this year. And he did have impeccable hair. Um, would have liked to have been in a room with Boimler, but we're not going to, we're not, you know, strike dependent, we're not there yet. Yeah, this is a podcast is rooted for that kind of talk. <laughs> um, it's it's just mad. I I think it's a it's quite. There's going to be a moment if I do get to have a holiday this year where I'm not working, where it'll probably suddenly hit me. But I think it's just been amazing to make some really life amazing lifelong friends and experience things that a lot of people will never get to experience in their lives, and a lot of people unfortunately take for granted. But I do not. This has been quite an amazing journey. Um, which you've heard me talk on this podcast and various other podcasts where I've guested before kind of came from not a great place when you think that my first press screening came shortly after mum died so you know it's a great distraction from grief <laughs> but also has just you know been amazing I don't want to get emotional maybe I'm just tired it's been a long weekend it's been a long weekend 
So I think that's probably about all we need to say right now. Here's to another 10 years, by which time I'll be 48. Don't, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Have to change the name to get your Zimmer out. Get your Zimmer out, yep. Well, for now, we are going to do one last walk of the show floor. See what else we can buy that will not fit in the suitcase. And then head home. Back to normal life. Where you're no longer a cameraman. No. <laughs> you're just merely a PhD student. Just me. <laughs> uh, it will be... I'm not looking forward to the jet lag, put it that way. Uh, if you want to catch up with all of the news from across this weekend, there were still some announcements, mainly comic book related. But if you want to catch up with anything that has happened over this weekend, please head over to our website, which is www.getyourcomicon.co.uk, or make sure to follow us on social media. We're at Get Your Comic Con on all major platforms. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, or whatever we call it now. Also, Threads and Blue Sky. I'm at Neil Vag. You can find Martin at Boy Wonder, 1989 on, or whatever it is, the bird, the bird, and Boy Wonder 89 on Instagram. And uh, well, don't know when we'll see you again. I mean, I'll see you the minute I stop pressing the record button. But um, you'll maybe be back sometime soon. You never know. I like to keep these things loose. There's still six more episodes of Doom Patrol to go before that ends. We don't know when it's coming, but there are six more episodes. Uh, oh, I'm forgetting an announcement. How are you supposed to remind me about these things? Okay, so an exciting announcement to do with our 10-year anniversary. We are expanding the podcast. Yes. We are. But don't worry, you're not going to have to hear more of me. We are uh, teaming up with the wonderful Nick and Luke from the Consistently OK podcast. They are about to wrap up their third season and then they are going to come and join us. We are going to host their podcast on our website and they will alternate with me, us. So you'll have an episode of the Geico podcast one week and then the, the following week all being well, although we know life gets in the way you will have an episode of the Consistently OK podcast. And they are about to kick off their fourth season where they are going to be covering... Uh, they are looking deeply at the first season of Netflix, but now Disney Plus's Daredevil series. I might pop up here and there just to have a chat with them and uh, pick up some key episodes that we're going to talk about. But you are going to catch them covering lots of other pop culture stuff at the same time on alternate weeks to us. There will be much more, including a lovely little intro video from them that will be coming up on our social media along with the big announcement when this podcast drops and their season three finale. So you'll be able to hear them next. They will be coming up next week after us. And then I or we may be back uh, week beginning the 21st where we're going to be chatting about Blue Beetle because it will be out and it'll be in cinemas and there will be no more spoiler embargo so we will be talking all about Blue Beetle uh, for now I just need a really big sleep so um, yeah thank you for listening to 100 podcasts and following us for the last 10 years or however many years you've been with us please stick around for the next 10 until then Boy Wonder would you like to say goodbye, goodbye. and I'll speak to you very very soon bye, bye.